0: We forget that feelings come and go. There is no feeling that is final and nothing is done alone. We should not be living in loneliness. We should be reaching out or people need to be reaching out to others to, you know, hey, how you doing? I got your back. I'm here. That kind of stuff.
1: Welcome to Elevate, a podcast about achievement, personal growth, and pushing limits in leadership and life. I'm Robert Glazer, and I chat with world-class performers who have committed to elevating their own life, pushing the limits of their capacity, and helping others to do the same. Welcome to the Elevate Podcast. Our quote for today is from Helen Keller. The most beautiful things in the world cannot be seen or even touched. They must be felt with the heart. Our guest today, Claude Silver, is one of the only people with heart in her job title that I've met before. She's the Chief Heart Officer of VaynerMedia and is responsible for building a human-focused company culture and helping over 800 employees feel at home at the business. She's also a top-rated keynote speaker, host of the Silver Lining Podcast, and a thought leader in the culture world. Claude, welcome, excited to have you join us on the Elevate Podcast.
0: Great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm glad we worked this out.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. We were saying it. It's taken a while during COVID to to make this line up, but we made it happen. So, yeah. particularly uh, w- with people. Well, we'll get into that in a second. But I, I'd love to just hear like, how did you get started in business? Uh, what were some of your early roles? Like, which which side of business did you sort of come up in?
0: Yeah, the great, great question, because I don't think I was prepared to come up on any side <laughs> <Yeah>. of business. <laughs> uh, I really, I, I didn't know which way was up for quite a while. But um, I started in the world of digital in 1998, and I was in San Francisco, right place, right time, pre-Google, pre-Facebook. And I got a job at an internet.com company I was yeah. a project manager and and really um, controlling the making sure the trains came in on time when it came to content it was a surfing skateboarding snowboarding
1: well those those are the good old days I, right? I, 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 I that was my first job was in 98 like unless someone was there during that time you can't even explain what was going on with people yeah. Taking air on shares home and all the stuff that was going on. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was literally, I think money was being printed on paper until it wasn't. Yeah. And actually, after the dot-com bus, so right after 9-11, I was laid off from my job, which most people were, and I started an outdoor adventure company, primarily surfing for women in the cold Pacific. So really tried my entrepreneurial hat on, my love for the outdoors, outdoor adventure, coaching, mentoring. Did that for five years and sold that to one of our uh, surf instructors. And then I went back into what I knew, which at that point was still digital advertising, you know, creative, much more like creative advertising. Yeah. And I was very fortunate to have a great, great career in the world of creative advertising agencies. For a long time, I was a strategist. So my love of human behavior, everything I had studied in terms of psychology, positive psychology, Joseph Campbell, Carl Jung, that really, really all came into play when I was a strategist. And I really, I started to get really into understanding consumer behavior and how we could market and ease people's pain, quote unquote, or 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 give people peace of mind with whatever it was I was hawking at the time. Yeah. <laughs> so... But what, what I really loved was the team element, the collaboration. I loved jamming with creatives and really, you know, coming to them with some insights and ideation, and then them creating magic, which would live on your phone or on screen. And to me, that it really it's alchemy and it is magic. And so when I met Gary, Vaynerchuk, my boss, I was living in London and I was running strategy for Publicist London, a very large advertising agency. And he and I met and it was like, you know, love at first sight. And six months later, I moved to New York and I started with him as his first senior vice president running the Unilever account. So, same, you know, creative agency and, and working with a client. And upon my year anniversary there, I said to him, I love this place. I love you. This is the greatest place I've ever worked in. And I'm no longer interested. I have no passion for advertising anymore, period. And by that time, he and I had a really, really good synergy together. He understood that I had the same love and belief in humans and what was possible when you unlock them. And he said to me, cool, what is it that you want to do? And I said, I only care about people. I only care about the heartbeat of this place. And one thing led to another. And within six, seven, eight months, we created the chief heart officer role. And the rest is
1: history. And what year was that?
0: 16. That was February of 16. And so I had, I started with him in May of 2014. So, you know, 18 months later, almost two years later, we created this role. And now I'm, I'm almost five years into it. My God.
1: Yeah, well, last year feels like five, so yeah. must feel must ten. feel like ten. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm curious. I, I found a lot of people who are passionate about company culture who have come to be like have some formative, both positive and negative experiences in their early jobs and with mm-hmm. early leaders. Uh, it, were there particularly things you were looking to emulate, or like things that were you're like, God, I will I will be the opposite of this person. <laughs> You don't have to identify the people,
2: <laughs> but by the laugh, I'm, I'm, I'm
1: guessing that there is.
0: <laughs> I'm giggling. You know, yes, uh, yes, both positive and things that I did not want to emulate. In terms of the positives, raised in a, a really a, a family that's very, very culturally savvy, believes in education, and incredibly generous. The, there's a lot of altruism in my family. And my mom's a psychotherapist. My dad's a venture capitalist. Uh, That's
1: an interesting combo. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, isn't it?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Tell that to all the therapists I had. Uh. Um, And my Nana, who died a few years ago at the ripe old age of 101, was really my North Star. She was my person. And in fact, she and I called each other heart. Since I was seven years old, it would just be heart. I mean, she rarely used my name. And when we would speak to each other on the phone, I'd say, hey, heart, it's heart. And the amazing thing is, here I am later in life with the title of chief heart officer, which is such an incredible tribute to her. Um, I bring her up because she was the epitome of generosity, was the epitome of empathy, and certainly knew how to leave people feeling better, whatever better means than she had found them. and. That, for me, is a guiding principle, to be of joyful service, to leave people with a feeling of possibility, connection, connectiveness, that they're seen, that they matter, and more importantly, that they belong, is really the only thing I'm after. So, um, so that was all great, and I had some phenomenal teachers and mentors in my life. And then I had, jo- I had jobs and managers back in the early years that, you know, they, they lived with a closed-door policy. They lived with a you're-in-this-room-to-take-notes policy. And yeah. that's really the, uh, the antithesis of what I'm about. So I remember clearly saying to myself upon one manager inside my head, Oh, you'll
1: never be like that. I, I knew there was one of those stories. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. There's something I found consistently that people who, who care about culture have this, have this anti story or anti moment. I, I have one. I've shared it before. I, know the, I remember the exact second where I was like, please let that never be me. Yeah. So that's interesting. I mean, you worked at Publicist. That's a large agency, you know, lifestyle that is not that sort of environment, not the company is just not historically known for culture and people first.
0: Yeah, yeah. I worked at JWT. I worked at, for a long time, I worked at JWT, San Francisco, and then London. And, you know, the the thing that that I love and I could always rely on myself for, and I say this really altruistically, not in a, not in a boisterous way, is that because I like to make people feel good, I could always find a community within the walls of wherever I was of people that want you know we wanted to be together whether or not we wanted to inspire one another or i became you know a quasi therapist with people it didn't matter it still made me feel good knowing that while i was getting paid to do one job the real reason i was there was this other job which was to infuse heart which was to to be a good person quite frankly and and that's still what i do every day
1: you just made me think about the, I don't know if you've seen the show Billions, but yes. you, yeah, like the, the therapist in billions. That, that's the image I just got when you said that.
0: You know, when people say that to me, I always am like, yes, and there are no stilettos or the other things in my closet.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. but but yes, there are some parallels. Yeah. I'm curious, do you think that, uh, you know, one of the things I've observed is that the the sort of wall... I think we're both we're talking back like 20 years about how we remember some of these circumstances. But it seems like the company of today that sort of want to follow the command and control playbook of like work is work and your personal life is your personal life. Like it just it doesn't seem like that's going to fly anymore. Um, people have a lot of options. They have the gig economy. Like if they just want to be a cog in the wheel, they don't need to go give their employment to someone. Do you think the game is changing overall or just certain companies and and leaders of use are more evolved than others?
0: Well, I think it's a number of things. I think the game is changing. I think that leadership is changing in a positive way. But I also think the workforce has changed dramatically when we're looking at millennials, certainly the younger side of millennials, Generation Z coming up. Like these are these are people that are going to change our, our lives. I mean, these are people that showed up for the election in droves. These are people that are standing there with black lives matter signs. I mean, this is a different day. And I really believe that those of us that are not tuned into the different in today's day and age, will miss, we'll just miss the boat because the people of today are demanding different things in the workplace. And in fact, while there is a workplace integration going on that they're aware of, they don't feel generalization. They don't feel like they need to separate self. Yeah. And I really and I I'm raising my hand and like, yeah, you go. Do it. Do it. Do it. Be authentic. That's what we want. Don't hide, don't shield, don't feel like you need to put a force field around you.
1: But you need you need a leader or a manager who who encourages that. I mean, the workforce yeah. is just more it's more liquid these days. And and with all Mm -hmm. the remote work, like people aren't stuck in a remote place with one employer where they just have to take all their crap or else, you know, they can't make a living otherwise. I think, you know, some would argue maybe that it's too mobile these days, but I, I just, I don't think people are realizing how different of a change that is.
0: Yeah. It's that. And for sure, We have social media. I mean, we have access to information at our fingertips. And so we can see how the other half live. We can see and get inspiration from anyone at any time that will remind us or encourage us or infuse us with the energy that things can be different. They don't need to be how they were in our parents' generation or so forth and so on.
1: Yeah. uh, What's interesting, though, is that I think that also look, if we're going to be real and we're going to be human, then that that also needs to be a little bit bilateral, right? So I, I think sometimes there's a discussion to be had, like, hey, this, this, this isn't the right job for you. <laughs> this is not the right role for you. You know, the ability to, I, I think it goes both ways, which is have, you know, have the heart, but tell people the truth. It 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 occurs to me that I think there's some... Uh, interesting dynamics it's almost swung the other way a little bit i think employees believe that they can leave on a day's notice you know these days but they they expect more loyalty from the employer so it is a it's it is changing right it's a different market than this old thing where hey you were expected to be there for a while and it just you know there was a promise of career longevity and, and people stayed for a while, but it makes that incumbent. I mean, I, I have some friends and leaders that they're really frustrated on the flip side of like, hey, how could, you know, I've mentored you, I've done this, like, how, how could you like, give me one day notice <laughs> and leave?
0: Yeah, I know. But it it's, you're right, there's a give and take here. And yeah. what really, I think what what you're getting at is the idea of trust. And yes. one of the things that I believe helps us within the walls of VaynerMedia is that we really do trust first. That is a big guiding principle of ours. And I believe when you give trust first, you can find ways for people to reciprocate that. And it doesn't happen all the time, but that type of psychological safety and that type of ethos, I do feel like it has a knock-on effect. I mean, it's very difficult not to pick up on the vibe of a culture, it's, I mean, it's very difficult. You would literally have to wall yourself up to not feel like, Oh, this is a special place and I want to do them. Right. It doesn't happen all the time. Yeah. But it, you know, the, the longevity when you have, like, when you have longevity of a, of an employee, you know, and you don't have to go out and recruit for that role, which costs, you know, usually three times as much just to replace a role. When you have that longevity, you have speed. And speed's the name of the game today.
1: Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? Two years ago, I bought a dual suspension mountain bike for the first time, and it pushed me to ride trails that I had never been willing to try before. When we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has exceptional capability that will have you seeing the possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash practical. That's linkedin.com slash practical to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, it's interesting that you said that I agree with you. I think trust is paramount. I think people that are struggling with remote work were not cultures of trust. I mean leaders struggling with that people are struggling at home for different reasons. But, um, yeah, they don't like people out of sight. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it's interesting because I always say we have a culture of trust. We believe in trust first. But because of that, we don't tolerate a lot of gray. I actually think if you do that, then the consequences of violating trust have to be pretty significant because we say, look, if we're giving you all the trust in the world and you just, then you do something that's sort of borderline, like you kind of have lost it, you know, now with people. So I believe in the pros of that environment, but I think people in those environments then also need to understand that when that trust is broken, it's very hard to repair.
0: Yes, that is true. I think it takes a a very rare person to be able to do that. And, uh, you know, none of us are enlightened in this (laughs) lifetime, at least. So, um, but, you know, we're giving, I believe that this workforce is coming in in a more confident way. I really do based on what it is they're being taught by osmosis. I actually think I don't necessarily know if it's in school, but what they're being taught socially in a community, the confidence gives them courage to, I think, ask for what it is they need, tell you exactly what it is they're not getting, and then be able to reach for the stars. Whether or not the stars are going to be in your organization or another organization, they're not going to stop. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: So I know a consistent way I've seen you describe yourself is an emotional optimist. How do you define that both in your personal and professional life?
0: Yeah. You know, no pun intended, but I really think of emotional optimism as the silver lining and no pun intended on my last name, (laughs) I mean, but you know, for me, I never, ever, ever want to negate or deny emotion and the fact that we all have a range of emotions throughout our day and certainly throughout our lives. And that being said, I believe that when you have the right people next to you to walk beside you, to hold that space with you, you can see the possibilities of how to climb out of that uh, that dark place, if you will. So, I mean, you know, emotion is, emotion is real. We have, you know, whether or not it's joy, whether or not it's happiness, contentment, whether or not it's depression, sadness, and, you know, cynicism, whatever it is, we have them. However, I don't think we need to exist alone in these dark places, if they are dark places. I think that that's when you really want to reach out for someone that has, that can give you support, that can give you, that, you know, has your back in some way, shape or form, a manager, a mentor, a brother, a sister, a support group, whatever that is, to help you see the other side. And today, more than ever, where there is so much anxiety in the millennial Gen Z generations, even before COVID, Yeah. then let's talk about COVID, there's so much going on. That having someone next to you that can tell you tomorrow's another day and I'm going to be with you tomorrow, I'm going to help you find the light tomorrow, I'm going to help you reach out to your manager tomorrow, I'm going to help you get from point A to C, whatever that is, it's, um, you know, it's, it's an ability to just see positivity, even in even in a coffin, quite frankly, to be very dramatic, but yeah. so it's really, it's the silver lining. And I, I do think that we forget that a lot of times. I, I feel like we forget that feelings come and go. There's no feeling that is final and nothing is done alone. We should not be living in loneliness. We should be reaching out or people need to be reaching out to others to, you know, Hey, how you doing? I got your back. I'm here. Yeah. That kind of stuff.
1: How are you handling? I mean, I've heard from so many leaders, particularly in professional services. Um, yeah, the mental health thing is is just top of everyone's mind. i The way I would describe it normally, I would say that, you know, if it was two thousand and nineteen and I heard that people were stressed, we were sort of at a stress index of seventy five i'd I'd look into the problems and I'd realize, oh, we need to make some changes to what we're doing. We need to spread out the end of month reports. We need to do that. Like we, it, there were organizational things that we could fix to sort of relieve that pressure. Uh, what seems different now is that the stress level, the index was 75 before it's 40 now. Mm-hmm. And it's not about the work. It's what people are coming into work with from the pressures of life and health and family and, and the whole world. And it's a heavy burden. So how how are you juggling the the business needs and the emotional needs? Knowing that it seems like everyone's workforce is you know we're heading into what we're probably be a pretty dark couple months before the dawn, literally and figuratively, <laughs> in terms of the winter and vaccine timing. Like, I, I, there, people aren't already in a great place, and I don't know it's going to get easier before it gets better.
0: Yeah, it's a juggle for sure, and and you know not to be coy about it, but the juggle is real. Yeah. Making sure that not only myself, but all of our managers and leaders, and and this means we need to do a lot of training, are able to, A, have enough self-awareness of what's going on within them so that they can be their best, the best leader that they can possibly be for other people in helping people along their path of, we'll just call it personal development, personal growth. You know, while we do that, so, you know, Gary and I were speaking yesterday and we were Literally, we were chatting about some of the trainings that we do internally, and I I had a column, and one said hard skills, and the other said, you know, quote unquote, soft skills. I don't like that word, but it said, you know, life skills. We teach both of these skills at Vayner. We teach empathy, we teach what that's about. We certainly lead by example in terms of what uh, self awareness is about, but we really, really lean into the EQ of it all. That is essential, I believe, today more than ever, so that we can help guide people to be their best selves internally, meaning as a person, but also like figure out how to grow and develop their own skills to advance themselves. I mean, we're all, you know, yes, we want growth, but like we're really motivated by progress. We really want to see. You know, the expansiveness of yourself and what you're capable of doing because it feels good. It feels good whether or not that's a promotion, which obviously is a big stamp, right? That I've done something right, or whether or not you knock it out of the park with that client or that pitch or whatever it is. People want to feel that they're moving in a direction, and by the way, in an upwards direction.
1: I think that's a really interesting point. And it it reminds me of a discussion we just had, because if I think of all the feedback. So when COVID first happened and, you know, the world was falling apart by the minute, if I'm sure you remember back to sort of mid-March, yeah. <laughs> you know, we we sort of just we froze hiring, we froze promotions. Like, I you know, literally no one knew what was going on, mm-hmm. as did a lot of companies. And. You know, after after still not in the clear, a couple of months people are like, "Well, when are we starting promotions again and and all that stuff? and And then, on the flip side, I say, well, can we just can we just sort of stay still and not grow so that we're not adding any more to our plates? Like literally things that are almost diametrically opposed. And I think it's an interesting point because, I, I think you're a growth organization or you're not, and that's not that's not a good or a bad thing. It's just the type of culture that you are. And I almost think in media and digital marketing, if you're not a, a growth mindset-oriented organization, you're gonna struggle because mm-hmm. it's very hard to do the same thing. That's a difficult tug, but we actually had an honest discussion recently because someone said, hey, couldn't we just like, we know it's hard to hire now, we know people have like, couldn't we just not take on new clients and not do any new work mm-hmm. for a long time? And i actually I understand the thought behind that, but then you have all those twenty great people that you you know got that wanted the next thing as you're saying they're looking for that growth that that that's not what they want. so it's a it, it's an interesting debate in a in a time like this, but I, I do think I think you have to keep pushing forward
0: you absolutely do because pushing forward motivates people, yeah, and motivation, I think, is an elixir of life, you know I mean. It, the, the more frequently people experience that sense of progress, the more likely I believe that they are to be more creatively productive in the long run. But if you're stagnant, and if you're stagnant for too long, I think one can become despondent. One can give up hope. One can feel forgotten. Right. And those are the things we don't want to happen right now. We want to make sure and lean in on the fact that you're not forgotten. And that is back to what I do all day. You know, that's the high touch nature of my job. That's the high touch nature of our culture is to make sure that people know that they belong and that they matter. And I want to be really clear. That doesn't mean that they belong with us forever. We want them to work for and around us forever. But like, yeah, let's be honest. Like some people move on. We already talked about that. And some people just, it's not the right role for them, Yeah. but without a doubt, Progress, motivation. These are keys that, you know, speaking about emotional optimism, right. we need to be providing these things. And let's be honest, as leaders, we also need juice too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to figure out where you're going to get juiced. And people ask, you know, that a lot, like who feeds you?
1: How do you get juice? I, we, 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 I had a leader on my team who we were doing a thing and she said, you know, my my emotional ATM is sort of totally <laughs> over-withdrawn. Yeah. And she's being very supportive to her team. I I think that's a good lesson that, you know, I, I, I'm i sure you felt this way, like we have a culture team and I've had to sort of like even give a message during COVID, like, hey, don't don't abuse the first responders. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> remember, remember, like I, you're stressed. They're at the same problem at home with their their family and their kid. Like again, they are a person too. Yeah. Their job is to support you in this, but that doesn't mean because you've had a bad day, you can go off on that person because they have the same stressors that you do. Yeah. It's a good tactic every once in a while to say to up the chain. And how are you doing? <laughs> can I help? I yeah. think you'll find a very emotional reaction from <laughs> from someone at at one point.
0: I, I do too. And one of the I think to piggyback off of what you said, one of the beauties of all of this is that we are all experiencing the same type of thing right now. Yeah. It's now I, I know, you know, I'm, I'm looking in on someone's world when I'm on a Zoom with them. They're looking in on my world too. That's a very vulnerable relationship that all of a sudden, poof, you know, on March 16th, March 17th, we started to see how the other half lived. Yeah. And there's something very special about that. And there's something very precious about that, that I think we need to, and I mean precious and I, we need to hold that in a, in a sacred way.
1: Yeah. I, I remember it was probably around April 15th. So we were a month into this. I was absolutely exhausted, you know, as everyone was nervous, you know, not sleeping up, you know, managing lots of questions and nervous employees. And I think it was probably my daughter that said like, dad, like, how are you doing? And I like almost started crying. Like I was like, I was kind of like, you're the only person that's asked me that. Mm, <laughs> and and yeah. so I've tried to be, I've tried to start off every conversation with, with that with people, just like, how's yeah. it going? But I, yeah, I think, don't assume, yeah, that that other person isn't in the same boat where you are.
0: Yeah, exactly. Don't assume that just because you have kids and I have kids, I know how to, yeah. you know, I know how to juggle the fact that I hear my daughter crying and I'm on a Zoom and I I know that, I'm going to have to probably excuse myself for a second. You know, we're all, it's all happening. And I don't know another time where you and I, in our lifetimes, have experienced this.
1: No, and hopefully... (laughs) Hopefully yeah. <laughs> not too soon. So switching yeah. topics, you you work for a very prolific boss, uh, mm-hmm. and I'll make a generalization here. You sound like someone who is slow and methodical to me, and he is fast and frenetic. <laughs> so how does that how does that play out in a day to day? I can just envision like him with a whiteboard and all this stuff. Like how how does this play out day to day? Can you give us some of the behind the scenes?
0: Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, Gary is the fastest person I know. Speed is his KPI. He is also kind of the most in tune person I also know. So he has this great balance. And he has trained all of us, if we're paying attention, to be just as fast. So I sound chill, and I am really chill, but I'm very fast. I'm efficient. And that comes with you know that comes with a lot of at bats and that comes with knowing what it's like to fail at that and you know I think all of us at at vaynermedia are we're high octane, and that doesn't mean like hustle, 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 you never sleep. it yeah. means you know we know how to connect the dots and and when you spend enough time at a company, any company and you have such a, a accessibility to leaders and you have the availability of them, I think you learn how to connect the dots very quickly so Well, I am, there's not, I don't think there's anything really funny enough methodical necessarily about what I do. You know, there's no, there's really no rhyme or reason. I'm just looking at, I'm pulling out different tools out of my tool belt, depending on what situation I'm in. However, you know, where he and I really, really gel is the fact that we believe in people. We trust first, you know, we want to see someone's lights turn on because at the end of the day, when their lights turns on, not only is it good for them, it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander, it's good for the logo of VaynerMedia. So he and I really, really jam and gel there. We are both creating possibilities for our crew every second of every day. And that takes a lot of energy, a lot of energy. So it's both quantity and quality every single day, uh, depending on I mean, there's there's never a day where it's not a quality conversation and there's never a day where I'm not having a quantity of conversations, if that makes sense.
1: Hey, Elevate listeners. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify is the partner you need to keep the cash register ringing for your e-commerce business. <coughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout 36% better on average compared to other leading platforms. I advise a lot of companies in the e-commerce space and almost all of them have migrated to Shopify. And as a buyer, what I love about buying from Shopify-enabled sites is that they already know who I am and I don't have to create a new account or enter all my payment info. The Shop Pay service makes it faster and easier to buy, which surely helps with conversions. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash elevate, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash elevate now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash elevate. Yeah, and I think this is an interesting point i mean there's there's a hundred things I want to respond to that, so we'll start mm-hmm. with this one in that to me, great cultures are are where they think, do, and say the same thing. There's some objective things about great cultures, like they treat people well, pay them well, otherwise. but I actually think like different companies have vastly different value propositions. You just want it to be authentic just like there are small liberal arts schools in the country and there are forty thousand person city schools and they're not trying to find the same person and the same person Mm -hmm. probably doesn't like that so what happens when someone comes to vayner media and they are not fast (laughs) yeah is that a fatal flaw or is it do you talk about that a lot or 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 does that does that person struggle because i for every strength of a core value there's a there's a sort of negative of a value
0: right i mean there's always a shadow isn't there which is what you're saying first and foremost, I, I have to say, I think we do a very good job upfront in, in the interview process. That doesn't mean that we don't always get it right. And that doesn't mean that, you know, we get it right. And then by the way, someone's like, this is too much for me. I'm, I'm at an all time, you know, high in terms of stress or stretched yeah. or whatever. So what, what's going to happen if you are, you've been with us for six months By six months, you should be like kind of like getting it. You're out of neutral. You're out of first gear. You're probably getting into third, fourth gear. You're starting to, you know, feel like I know what I do here. I'm I'm jamming like this is maybe I'm even hitting some home runs. If that person all of a sudden, you know, starts to peter out or that person really never got up to speed, we're a thousand percent going to give them kind candor, you know, be really kind, be very clear and specific and be honest with what's going on. If we have to put someone on the performance plan, we will. And if we have to exit someone, we will. The, The wonderful thing, I think, about this company in terms of when we're exiting someone is we always, and I mean every single time, we are looking for opportunities to network them before we say goodbye to them. So, for example, if I know I'm exiting John. Yeah. I know that John is a real creative videographer and his dream would probably be to work for Vice. We'll go into Gary's Rolodex. We'll go into anyone else's Rolodex, see if we can connect John with someone, at least to have an exploratory conversation. And that's being a good human. Yeah. So, you know, so that's that's what we do. I mean, there's no, we can't keep people forever. I think that, you know, Gary and I are such nice people, We're good, kind people that we have at some points, you know, created a level of entitlement within the culture, which is yeah. something that we're reversing right now because he and I are, you know, we're yes people. So, you know, it's interesting. I, I think as we are wanting to create possibilities for people and showing them that there are different routes to get to wherever it is they want to get to, they need patience to get there. <laughs> yeah. And that's one of his main main tenets. You can go on, you know, any social platform today and probably find a post that he's done about patience. So it's, you know, I'm meandering a little bit on their, your question because I think it's really important that we also have to have patience with a person. As much as we want to, you know, hire slow, fire fast, we need to be kind of like right about that
1: yeah and we have a very similar approach and i think again trying to that sort of radical candor help them out if it's not the right place sometimes it's just hard people don't want to admit that something's not working um when Mm -hmm. it's clearly not working (laughs) and it becomes hard to recover from i actually i've had long debates with this about people but but there's a lot of science on this dan pinks talked about this about bad beginnings it's hard to get out of a real deep tailspin at the beginning. And, and for a lot of people, if that happens, the best thing that they could have is a clean slate yeah. Ra- rather than just like <laughs> lift the nose up and have it go down and lift the nose up. I, I, that doesn't help anyone.
0: No, it doesn't help anyone. The the thing I want to say that that's very important that we talk a lot about is at the end of the day, feedback judgments, they're all very subjective right? So whether or not you like blue and I like orange, that's subjective. No one's right. I mean, you're right because you like to wear blue and I like to wear orange. So we're right personally, but no one's really right, right? How someone's doing, you know, feedback on like, is John doing an okay job when it comes to X, Y, and Z? That's also subjective. Now we have core competencies. We have job descriptions. You know, we have all of those things that we will measure someone up against, smart goals, all of that stuff. Yeah. But one of the things that's extremely important, I think, to say to any individual out there is there is no one that is an authority on you or your potential other than you. So whether or not you make it at Vayner or you don't make it at Vayner, that doesn't put a black mark on you. And that's where self-awareness, self-confidence, and growth comes into play. And, And that is a little bit of a rub. So my work When I'm talking to individuals, even if I know it's their last day tomorrow, is I'm going to commit to that type of conversation with them, which is, if this is the end of the road, this isn't the end of you. Yeah. This is a new beginning for you, you know, and so no one is the authority on your potential so important to remember, and so important.
1: yeah, this notion of a like a have always said, this a player. I think it's a terrible thing to say. I, I always say a player is the right person in the right seat at the right time. It's a yeah. bunch of different factors. It is not a universal grade. And someone really struggling at a role, like it's probably not the right role for them. Like it it shouldn't be a struggle after you're through the the, the training. But. Uh, You know, one of the things that that you've been able to do, uh, sort of, I guess, unicorn, uh, and I'm sure people want to hear this, you have a high retention rate among millennials. So, tell us us how you have done that.
0: Hmm. You know, um, we spoke about it a little bit, which is the high-touch culture, which is the high-touch nature of Gary getting 20 people on a Zoom for 15 minutes, giving his POV on something, and then just taking Q&A. You know, me doing the same thing, a culture jam session or the 10 one on ones I had today. When we go back to the fundamentals of creating safety and eliminating fear, eliminating as many politics as we can, someone wants to stay there. And then you, you add on to that house, the, the right there, you got the psychological safety and the elimination of fear by transparent communication, creating a place that fe- people feel like they can belong, bringing awareness to DEI issues. You know, the things that our people really, really care about right now, giving people at-bats growth, you know, opportunities to work on like that account. So you can say to your mom or your dad, oh my God, I worked on Budweiser. I worked on Diageo. I worked on, you know, Pepsi. You know, those are, those are cool things right now for people. Uh, I did a TikTok video. So giving people this, the opportunities to stretch, to grow, to, we talked about progress already. These are really super, super important things that we lean in on hardcore. The other thing is, if you are hired for this job, you're in client service, and all of a sudden, you come to me and you go, you know what, Claude, at the end of the day, I'm not such a, I'm much more of an introvert. I'm not a real relationship person. But I think I, I think I could crush project management. You will absolutely get an opportunity to meet with the head of project management and find that role there. So we have movement within, and we also help people kind of architect their own career. And this is like, again, this is just kind of like juice straight to your vein, which is like, okay, yeah, you care about me, you see me, and you want to develop me. And who doesn't want to be in that type of environment? So the retention numbers right now are hovering right around 77, 80%. And that's, it's something that when people say to me, okay, great. What's the ROI of good culture? What's the ROI of of your job, Claude? What's the ROI, you know, I say to them, it's retention, low attrition, word of mouth referrals, the fact that anyone I could call upon right this minute, this minute, at least 30 people who I know have the same DNA in terms of the culture to go talk to someone if they're having a bad day, they're confused, they haven't met any friends, blah, blah, blah. That's a great, great feeling. That's, that's, you know, a real spirit of generosity.
1: Yeah. And I, I'm sure you're also on the flip side, direct with people around, you know, you're not going to get promoted tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> <I> mean, there's, <laughs> yeah. There's some, right. That, so this is, this is a fair game on, 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 both sides.
0: Yeah, it is a fair game. And that's that level of, you know, changing the paradigm from one of entitlement to one of accountability.
1: Yeah. All right. So last question for you, what's a personal or professional mistake that you've made that you've learned the most from, and it can be singular or repeated.
0: Um, a personal error that I've made fundamentally is not being confident in my and my abilities at a young age, which I think uh, slowed me down a bit and didn't contribute to confidence so I think that's that's one for sure that if I went back in time and told my twenty one year old self anything it would be to speak up and to have confidence in
1: yeah.
0: your intuition and in whatever it is that you're feeling and and you know speak up, take up room, take up space. I would say the other one is probably at times to really doubt this is a long time ago, but probably I, I had a client that I really just I just did couldn't click with for the life of me just could not click with right. at all, and probably you know if I could go back in time i would I would change that relationship and become a more giving person and it's it's really a funny one for me to say because i am I am a giving person, but I think internally I wasn't manifesting any greatness there yeah no, that's a real I mean I'm giving you the real truth you know, and the successes are you know, growing and developing developing you know, teams that wanted to be together, that really that enjoyed the collaboration. They actually enjoyed the grind with one another. They they appreciated. You know, I had a, a team when I first got to VaynerMedia of almost fifty people running the Unilever account, and on our weekly meetings, we used to just read poetry to one another. I mean, that's that's different, and that you know that comes from my liberal arts background. But yeah. for me, it wasn't always about the work. It was who you are as a person. And I, I still stand by that. That to me is, at the end of the day, that's what matters. And the other thing that matters is being very aware and mindful of you know, each and every day, you and I, even in fact, this conversation, we're leaving our thumbprints, kind of our heartprint on one another and everyone else we come in contact with. And I want that to be a thumbprint, a heartprint that someone is warmed by and says, yeah, I feel better after... After that encounter,
1: well, I'm sure they'll they'll feel better after that story. That was that was. Thank you for sharing that. So, Claude, where where can people learn more about you, your work? Where can they find you online?
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, LinkedIn, I, I'm very active there. Insta, Twitter, uh, my website, claudsilver.com. So, yeah, hit me up, and I do get back to everyone that writes me. It, it takes me a little bit of time, but I love hearing from people and. You know what you see is what you get, so um, I'm I'm happy to always be there for another.
1: I always say I get back to everyone who writes me who doesn't write some angry diatribe. So you may <laughs> we may want to add an asterisk to that.
0: <laughs> it's only been a few, but they they sting. I will tell you that much.
1: Well, the only problem, like I I've actually had great conversations with people who disagree with me, but I've actually I found that every time you respond to something that is just an anger rant it never gets better with no. <laughs> uh, someone just, if they're just looking for a fight, it's better not to fight. So yeah, that, that's been my learning. So Claude, thank you for sharing your story with us. I uh, love hearing about the the work that you're doing and and your ability to really make a difference.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: All right. To our listeners. Thanks for tuning into the elevate podcast today. We'll include a link to Claude and her work on the detailed episode page at robertglazer.com. If you enjoyed today's episode or the Elevate podcast in general, I'd really appreciate if you could leave us a review. It helps new users discover the show and it's basically the way we, we get a lot of new listeners. So you can do it in two seconds. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, select the library icon, click on Elevate, scroll down to the bottom and you can leave a rating a review. Thank you again for your support. Till next time, keep elevating.